sir i'm doing good how are you man it's been a while just living yeah yeah Yeah. it has been well it's um it's good to finally you're you know you're our favorite guest that we've had on so far i appreciate that you know that really touches somewhere deep inside my heart we're not gonna i'm gonna leave out the fact that you're the first guest we've had on but but by far Um, the greatest so far he's not the first guest we've had on I was about yeah. to say, I've Cole heard, Ryan. I've heard multiple guests. Oh, well, that's true. But, <laughs> I'm about you know. to say we, uh, I, I, I was, guests. I was really honored. I was really honored. I, I know. That, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess, I guess we'll go ahead and get started here. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, this is uh, one of my good friends, Kobe. Would you like to uh, introduce yourself to the my listeners is- of the uh, Guitars, Cowboys, and Hillbilly Music podcast? I mean, uh, my name is Kobe Sixkiller. I am a... I uh, went to school with Rhett, to high school with Rhett, and we become good friends over the years. I've known Jagger for a long time. Went to uh, went to church with his wife. Now I guess it's kind of weird saying that. Yeah, I, I was at his wedding. Though. I was at his wedding, though I was present. So well, that's weird. I, I wasn't. Unfortunately, <laughs> I wasn't invited. But you know. Well, you know, we just now we just adapt and overcome. You know, I was yeah. told they had to narrow the guest list down, but I, I, don't, I don't think I was ever on the original I, guest list. So. <laughs> I don't I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. <laughs> it it was under BA plus one. <laughs> well, it's like it's like the um you know the uh NCAA dur- tournament. You were like the first forty out, not the first four. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, you were in there somewhere though. He, he was one of the playing games that they have at, at the top of the bracket. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just didn't make the cut. <laughs> okay, let's move on from me not being invited to his wedding. <laughs> so, um, I got a lot of stuff that I've been mentally preparing that I want to talk to him about mm-hmm. because we have a lot of just naturally we've been friends for a while. We have a lot of things um, that we share in common, but but I want to I want to talk along the football side first um, oh, because. Because that ultimately is why you're here. You're a D1 football player, and somewhat. Uh, so uh, tell tell us a little bit about that. Where you play, uh, what you play, how you play, maybe. Oh, Lord! I don't know about how I play. Uh, I play offensive line at Southeast Missouri State. It's a um, Division One FCS program. That's the. Um, it's in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And so it's about an hour and a half south of St. Louis, straight on the border. It's about as far um, east as you can go in Missouri. It's a direct. It's directly east of Jay, our hometown. So it's you draw a straight oh, line across. Really? You're in Cape Girardeau. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm on the Illinois on the Illinois border though, so it's way over here. Huh. Yeah. He when when I first found out he was going to Semo, I thought it was. I didn't know where I thought it was. I wasn't expecting that far. When you look at it on a map, it, it literally is as far that way as you can possibly get. Yeah. I plan to get up there sometime and I catch one of the games. Um, I've seen some of the games. Yeah, um, it's it pretty wild over here. How's the, uh, how's the season going for you guys so far? Oh, five and one, playing well. Uh, five and one. You know, is your one, your one loss is to Iowa State, correct? 
that is correct, which is an FBS, you know, power five program. Yeah. That is our one, that is our one loss. And, um, you know, we still did some really good things there, moved the ball on them, you know, just had a few missed opportunities, but you know, it's pretty, pretty neat, but yeah, five and one have a good chance to go win the conference. We got three conference games left that, you know, you know, we should win in theory, but you know, you got to go play the game. So. So I have your, I have your schedule here, your, your remaining schedule. Um, mm-hmm. You got, uh, who you got next week? This week we got Northwestern State at, um, in Louisiana. They're, they're from Louisiana. Um, then we come back. Going down to the bio. We, hey, we're going down <laughs> to the bio. Down to, I get to land in the crawfish. <laughs> no, and then we come back uh, home for homecoming, which is exciting. And then we start our uh, conference games, and then we have two on the road and one back at home. But Eastern you know, Kentucky two, is that your is that your homecoming? Yeah, and they're pretty they're pretty tough. They're pretty good. So they've been ranked most of the year. But I would say, are, are you guys ranked in the FBS? Um, FCS. Or FCS. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, we're number sixteen now in the new NCAA rankings. So nice climbing. It's 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 uh, cool to see for sure. So do you, do you guys think you have a good, good shot to make the playoffs? Then I'm sure. Yeah, and if we uh win our conference, the the other um, team that really has a good chance to win the conference, Tennessee Martin. We actually don't play them. So um, if we if we went out and they went out, we'll, we'll be co conference champions, which kind of suck. But yeah, um, it is what it is. But uh, and then if that's the kid uh, the case, we get an automatic bid. But I think we'll get a bid no matter what. I think if we if we went out and then we'll uh, flip a coin for a uh, buy, actually, because the conference uh, winner gets a buy. So that's pretty pretty neat. But that'd be nice. Tennessee yeah, Martin, be. you you got a little little beef with Tennessee Martin, huh? I don't know about beef, <laughs> but I'm trying to start things were, uh, here. <laughs> I know you are. Uh, you're, always, you're always you're a great instigator. Um, no, no beef. Um, you know, it was a weird situation. You know, I went on a visit to uh, SEMO on Tuesday, got back Wednesday. I get to I get uh, home on Wednesday, and New Mexico State is sitting there waiting on to offer me. And so they offered me Wednesday as soon as I get back from Cape Girardeau. Then I uh, fly out Friday, and I was supposed to go to Tennessee Martin. So it kind of, you know, whatever, didn't get to visit them, whatever. But, you know, at the time, everybody's thinking New Mexico State, but I already fallen in love with SEMO. So I kind of – I gotta say, I was I was one of those. I was I was fully convinced that it was going to be New Mexico State was going to be his choice, and uh, I was really shocked when he when he told me he chose Semo. But but he at, even at the time he was like, man, the, the experience I had there and everything, he just liked it so much better. Um, tell us a little bit about like what what are some of the things at Semo that you like as far as like that that pulled you there versus going somewhere else um you know i had a lot of guys here that i could like um what's the word um i don't want to say compare not compare because that's not the word i'm looking for but good camaraderie you know like-minded people you know right. uh, a mission uh head coach that was pretty straightforward and um you know i really enjoyed his message so you know that that drew me then and in the town you know coming from jay it's a very very small town and you know this town to some people it's still small, but you know it's pretty big to me. It has everything I need, you know, anything I could want. So yeah, we we got I us enjoy a, it. up in Jay. We got us a McDonald's and a 
You used to have a Walmart. But a I used to have a Walmart. Ripped to a Walmart. Subway. <laughs> yeah. That was that was my favorite Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it actually it's a, it's kind of a joke, but it it in a way it was a very unique Walmart. This is very it I get off last, topic too. I get very off topic, classic, but I, the last um, A model Walmart or Class A Walmart. It was the smallest Walmart that wasn't a neighborhood market left in America. Yep. So yeah, I always heard that Sam Walton would stop there. I don't he, know if that was true or not. Yeah, but that's he had what it, I always heard he had it built. He had it built to stop between Grand Lake and Uchi Lake on his two fishing trips throughout the day. So as long as he kept, he built the Walmart and Jay to have a tackle, a place to get tackle in between his stops at Uchi and Grand. So pretty neat, pretty neat origin on that thing. Imagine having so much money, you just build a Walmart just so you can buy some tackle. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> speaking of tackle, we got we got business to talk uh, later on regarding fishing and all that. Um, I want I want to I want to try to stay. I'm I'm terrible about getting off. No, he Jagger will tell you. He wanders. I, am, I he get wanders. on tangents about nothing. But so I'm trying to keep it a little organized. Um, do you guys have bowl games, or is that in the, in the um, FCS? Do they have that type of setup? Or I don't think so. I think it's more the playoff fashion type games i don't think there's many how do the games how do the playoff works how how does I, the playoff oh god it's i mean it's a bigger bracket you know it's, it's a 64 not, team playoff i believe isn't I, it it is it 16 well could be it it, it, it no it's, it's 16 yeah it it's, it's it a bigger be playoff bigger than, yeah um i'm not 100% sure but it's not 64 i mean that'd kill us i think but maybe yeah. um games but uh i don't know it's pretty extensive playoff and you know you go as far as you know as good as you play it's crazy but jagger's uh, jagger's gonna look it up here and tell us but championship games in frisco texas every year so um do you keep up with um like uh fbs college football yeah i mean um yeah, I know. I know you do, but I'm just I'm just asking for the for the viewers. Yeah. Um, yes. So I want to talk about the AP top twenty five, or the at least maybe okay. the top ten or fifteen. Uh, talk yeah. about maybe um, what you think about the teams that are in there right now. If you um, if you don't know, um, for those of you listening as well, currently as it sits, uh, we've got from one to ten: Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, Michigan, Clemson, Alabama. Ole Miss, TCU, UCLA, and Oregon coming in there. And uh, unfortunately, Oklahoma State, number 11. Did the, you did you catch took, any of that game, the TCU and Oklahoma see, State? I didn't get to see a lot of it. I just got to see um, the various highlights and such. But, you know, a good game, nevertheless, at the end. turned out to be a really good game. So, so but I was very – I'll say quick, ahead, quick sidebar – 2014 playoff for the FCS. Okay, that sounds about right. Because yeah, it's it's it turns into 16, but eight teams get a bye. So yep. So um, I think that's right. Those those top those top ten teams. Do you uh, what are you thinking for the uh, the top four teams finishing in the next in the next four weeks? How do you think finishing. that's all going to play out? Um, I've seen I've seen some I've seen some people saying it could wind up with all four SEC teams. In the top four, okay. I don't know about that. That'll be hard because um, that Ole would Miss, be if Ole Miss, Miss had Ole Miss, the, yeah, Ole Miss and Alabama have to play. Yeah, um, you know, and I don't know their schedule. I don't know if Ole Miss is at Alabama or Alabama's at Ole Miss. 
either way, I think Alabama's going to make a research. So there's that. Um, I think Ohio, well, the Ohio State-Michigan one's going to be tough because they're going to have to play each other. Uh, Georgia's not going to be touched. Now, Georgia and Tennessee will have to play. They'll have to play. Um, You know, that just all depends on my – Now, do you you think that Tennessee can – so, from my standpoint, Georgia hasn't really had too much tough competition this year. Do you think Tennessee is going to kind of show up for that? Do you think they have a chance at – at beating the number one team, or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, Georgia's Georgia's so dominant, but you know, I didn't. Tennessee was dominant at times, you know, the other the other day against Alabama. So I think they very well could sneak in there. Uh, now, Clemson, you know, which I'm not a big Clemson guy anymore. I don't like. I think they're very susceptible to getting beat in a big I, situation. I I think the same thing. Honestly, I think I think Clemson is. I feel like they're 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 gonna lose sometime during the season. It's just a matter of who would win, you know. But they could sneak in there just for the fact that everybody's gonna end up beating each other. You know, they're all gonna have to play each other there at the top. So, yeah, I think UCLA, UCLA, the Pac-12, you know, kind of a, not a joke, but you know, it's kind of hard to justify them getting in. Um, Ole Miss. Same deal. I think they'll lose once they have to play Alabama. But that could send a surge to Alabama depending on the nature of that win. You know, if it's big, could send a surge back. But um, I like Georgia at the top. I think they'll beat Tennessee just because Tennessee kind of wavers at times. Um, I actually think Michigan, you know, Michigan-Ohio State game is going to be really good because Michigan's defense is really good. But um, I know Ohio State offense is really good. But I think their offense is better. So I think they'll stay at number two. Now I'll go three. I think three Bama's going to sneak back in and four Clemson because I think they'll win out this year because of their nature of their competition. But, you know, what can you do there? Um, the last tough games probably let me look this up to make sure. So you've got, you've got Georgia, um, Ohio State, Alabama, and – Number four, probably yeah. Clemson. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's mine because they're uh, Clemson just beat Wake Forest. So Wake Forest and Clemson was probably my last four in the ACC for them. Do Do you Clemson. think that there's any way that there's, there's a Big Twelve team that sneaks in there at some point? Um, you know, it, it very well could happen. I just because you never know in the Big Twelve. You know, you can get so many. Um, crazy things like, you know, Kansas State could go beat TCU this weekend and nobody would be surprised. Yeah, just because of the Kansas State can do that to a lot of people. They still got to play Texas, Baylor, and Iowa State, which Iowa State hasn't lost has lost the last four games by a combined uh, like thirteen points. Yeah, and so they're that close, you know, to winning every one of those games. So you know, you never know. I think TCU schedule is just so tough at the end that. They're probably going to slip up and let one, let one go that they probably sh- maybe shouldn't. Exactly. Especially, especially looking for you know I'm thinking I'm thinking the Texas Tech week is probably a big one because they're probably looking towards Texas, you know who's been on a, a rise. I think that's yep. a big one to let them slip. You know. But. Yeah, I here's, think here's what I really yeah. want to know. Okay. 
tell me there's some crazy, absurd way that Oklahoma State could sneak up there. If, if we get the right losses, like um, – Yeah, you would have to get – you would have to get these cats, these, these teams that, you know, they would have to dominate. You know, the, the thing about them is their end of schedules, not great. You know, they got Texas this year – or Texas this week, which they need to dominate. If they want a chance, they need to dominate this week and yep. dominate next week. And then at the end, you know, I don't see much – you know, much trouble until Oklahoma, just for the fact that it's a rivalry game, and you just never know in rivalry games, regardless. I was telling Jagger um, last episode that I have this weird feeling that, you know, as, as bad, as poorly as we've seen Oklahoma play, I could just see something crazy happening where Oklahoma comes out and just blows yep. Oklahoma State out of the water. Like, you know, it could happen crazy. because it's a rivalry game. You never know. I mean, I can't even call it crazy because anytime you have that animosity, you know, that that you know that rivalry, the last one ever, is coming up. You know it's dwindling and it's turning into you know a little probably a little bit nastier than it used to be. You know it's a rivalry, but it's never been as big as OU Texas per se. So but what do you OU? Sorry, go ahead. But OU got killed during Texas, so they're probably looking forward to the second rivalry game to you know as a big boost, as a big uh, uplifter for them. So, what are your thoughts on this weekend? So, this is this is homecoming for Oklahoma State, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on that game? Um, it's a good thing it's at Boone Pickens. You know, that's always <laughs> yeah. It's always going to help. Um, but uh, you know, good atmosphere probably. But I think Quinn Ewers is pretty good. But I don't think he's going to be good enough to turn down. I think they'll they'll win. It'll be a kind of an odds, probably an odd scoring game. You know. Something around 35. I'll go 35-24, Oklahoma State. Okay, I, I had picked Oklahoma State to win by by two two possessions. So, or two, you know. Yeah, you said. Anywhere from 10 to 14 is kind of what yeah, I was Yeah, he said 14, I said 7. So. Right there in the middle of you then. <laughs> I know. Speaking of uh, Oklahoma State here. Run after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> we, we have a soundboard now. So we've yeah, added some interesting it. sounds. Um, so hopefully, we're, I mean, we're hoping they can come out. And uh, and I feel like we really should have won last week. You know, I hate to keep yeah. going back to, to last week, but it was just a, you know, it was, I feel like we should have won by, by 17, you know. Yeah. Instead of losing that lead twice. You know, yeah, very well. But you know, football is a game of momentum. That's the beautiful thing about it. You know, one bad thing, one thing goes bad. It could all go bad. So, but speaking of momentum, game. Mm-hmm. You're you're a Sooner fan, and um, tell talk to us a little <clears throat> bit about their season because we saw them kind of kind of gain some momentum last week. Growing pains, I guess. <laughs> growing yeah. pains. It's some growing pains for them, but you know, a lot of new players, a lot of new transfers. They're the, they're the only team in FBS that lost over 40% of their players to either the draft, transfer portal. And on top of that, they lost their offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, you know, several position coaches. So, you know, it's a whole new deal for them. I'm not, I'm not losing my composure about it, you know. I, I figured it'd be rough. But um, the only one that really hurts is the 49 nothing Texas loss. But playing with a backup quarterback and a new offense – 
you know, can't really lose sleep so, over it. So what so halfway through his first season, what is your uh take on Brent Venables? Um I like his char- uh, charisma, you know, his energy. That's kind of what gets me excited. It's because he'll get the right guys in, and uh, I think they'll turn it. They'll turn it into a championship program because he's defensive minded. You know, he was part of the last Sooners national championship. So where they lost, they won thirteen to two against Florida State in two thousand. So you hold the team to two points in the national championship game. You have to be pretty good at what you do. So. Well, that championship program is going to have to come in the SEC. Uh, how do you feel about them uh, going over to the uh, to the new conference? I don't lose sleep about it because you know people think about people think simple mind and they think Big Twelve, Oklahoma. Well, when they go to SEC, that's going to pick up their recruiting, their uh, television money. You know, they're going to have more money to get more the staff that they want, and people are going to long to come to Oklahoma. They're also just approved a new football facility. So it'll be one of the nicest in the country, if not the nicest in the country. And so it, it's going to be okay for them. They'll, they'll adjust well. Are you, uh, are you sad to see Bedlam go? Yeah, I am. Cause you know, it is important. Um, you know, I hate, I hate to be like this, but it's more important for Oklahoma state than it is Oklahoma at the end of the day. I mean, that's a big money maker for them. You know, Oh, you's, going to make their money off the red river. I had to restrict and, my hands from pressing the button to play the, <laughs> play the Gundy sound. <laughs> oh, to, we you know, we had the makes me want to puke. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what we needed. Yeah. <laughs> makes me want to puke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it is at the end of the day. I mean, it's OU's looking to Red River probably, you know. Yeah. But I am sad to see it go because it is such a – it's an important time in Oklahoma more so, you know, the, the state. So. Right. Yeah, a lot of people get excited for it, so I am sad to see you go. But so, so for me, I mean, I, I grew up an OU fan, and I think um, makes me want to. Say it, <laughs> so, I think personally, growing up, the Bedlam rivalry was all was always more important to my family and myself. Um more so just because it was an in-state rivalry. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's just how I felt at the time. And I, mm-hmm. I that, that's the way I still I still feel about the uh, OSU OU game. And I, I think it is so sad to, to, to see it go. Yeah, it, it definitely is sad. I mean, I'm not going to lie, but I'm thinking more on a national scale. You know, personally, you know, you're up the street and you like OU and I like OSU. That's fun to you know what get together watch the game you know yeah it's local you never know but and on a national scale i mean it's ou texas but you know i get what i i i'm sad to see it go too so yeah i i think uh i'm i'm hoping in the future they can uh schedule a non-conference uh schedule through it but uh i think i think this definitely won't be the last time we see the series play out Probably not, and it'll be a big deal when it comes back, whenever that is. So. Yes, definitely. It'll be exciting. It'll be exciting, but it, it'll it'll make its way back. Yeah, I'm hoping. Uh, I I don't know if you know much about it, but I I got the the Cornell Club up here, Kobe. I'm hoping I can uh, keep the the Bedlam rivalry go, going in Cornell if I can get a uh, 
club started here at uh, uh I've got a club at Oklahoma State, but I, I'm hoping that there's a club that's going to start uh, at OU, and then we can just play each other. <laughs> oh, that'd be wild. I know. <laughs> so you're in. What's that? I said uh, that would just be funny. It, it, it'd be awesome yeah. to be able to say that. It would be. It would be. <laughs> to, to say the only way the Bedlam rivalry lives on is in Cornhole. <laughs> in Cornhole. <laughs> we're we're surfing through te- technical di- difficulties right now. Oh, that's okay. I'll uh, I'll forgive you. Brett, get the stuff fixed, huh? Yeah. Well, I'm hoping I um. Can, can you move that back over? Sorry. I'm hoping I just fixed it. Apparently, you can't. Apparently, you can't. Apparently. Uh, you can't record unlimited. Zoom calls without paying, so I just became a Zoom Pro. Well, subscriber. I, I was gonna. I I forgot. I forgot about that. But you get an OSU license, also. Fantastic. So, if if you had done it through your OSU account, it, it would have been unlimited. We'll we'll fix we'll fix it for yeah. the next time. It'll be all right. I just uh, just trying to do something quick so we could yeah keep exactly. it going. And uh, you know when when Jagger starts talking without me, the viewers they tend to turn the podcast off and and go to something else. now. <laughs> um where were you guys at? Where were we talking about? We're talking about I, the end of Bedlam. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well you he Jagger brought up cornhole as he as he likes to do. Um but I was just um I wrote a paper about you today, Jagger. You did? <clears throat> I did and um I I didn't ask for your consent to write the paper. Yeah. So there's probably you can probably take legal action against me of some sort. Uh, expect a subpoena in the mail. But, um, was... um, Sorry, I just had to talk about your your cornhole club, and I was, you know, it actually is the largest cornhole club in the nation. Yep, which is really, really is great. So congratulations on that. I don't know if I've ever officially said it, but that is yeah. pretty neat. Shout out to Jagger. <laughs> yeah he um he's gonna be on espn so yep uh. <laughs> so, yeah um to, to wrap up the bedlam thought yeah it is uh um i've always been of course now i'm a diehard cowboy fan of course yeah but i've always been anytime that um the sooners were playing it was like a I was always rooting for the Oklahoma team, you know, um, and I really don't remember watching Bedlam as a kid. Really? So, so um, you, you never had that, like one specific team you rooted for? Not college, no. Just um, just NFL. I'm a I'm a Dallas Cowboys I know, fan. I do that. <laughs> How would you feel about that loss the other night? You know, it was <laughs> um, we. It didn't look good at the beginning, but we came back. And I, that's all I can, you know, Cooper Rush is out there trying his best, you know, th- throwing his little heart out. out there, so. <laughs> Speaking of NFL, you know, what makes me sick. I have the worst fantasy team I've ever had in my <laughs> yes. life. I'm so glad you brought that up. Oh, I forgot you're, you're in this league, league too, aren't you? Yes. And yes. I, I, I mean, hey. I am terrible. I I am my, right there with you, Kobe. I am. So it's, it's kind of a joke, like amongst all of us. Really, that Kobe, really? if you play Kobe, you just get a you just get a bye week if you play Kobe. <laughs> oh my god! It is. I, I and the other thing that. is, the thing that's wild is my other team six and zero. Oh. I don't know why this team is so <laughs> terrible. My team, my team in the other league is six and zero. Oh. So I, I, mean, I can't be the worst fantasy player ever. 
but my team is terrible in our league. It's god awful. I'm in the same exact boat as you, Kobe. Right now, I am. I think we're at the bottom of our league. You're, you're five losses in a row. Yes. I don't know what – I literally I have a good week, team. Whatever. I have Patrick Mahomes, Stephon Diggs. I like – I have a good team, but I have so many players that are hurt. It's just I'm one in five. One in five. And then yeah, in my yeah, other I, league, I am three – I'm at three – okay, I'm not great in my other league, but three and three. I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm middle of the pack right now. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for bringing that one up, Kobe. I, I'm I'm in the same boat. Yeah, it's it's okay. My heart really doesn't hurt, and anything you guys have to say doesn't hurt because I'm playing for a lot more money in a different league. So, um, we're in the, we're in the same division too, Kobe. It's just me, uh, you, and well, Johnny, and Johnny's sitting the good old toilet bowl. <laughs> the good old toilet bowl in it. Um, oh man, we we talked about the punishment a little bit. Um. I was really hoping that Johnny, that Johnny had to do the punishment for our fantasy league. I would sit there and film Johnny doing the whole punishment <laughs> the whole time. That would be that would be quality entertainment. Uh, yeah, it would. Here, it would I'm... be. It would be. It would be funny for sure. Um, but we'll just have to see how it plays out. You never know. There's been a couple yeah. weeks where I scored like seventy points. I know, and that you, this week you decided to score one thirty. Yeah, and I didn't even have a bad it, week it's either. One thirty, actually, it was closer to one forty. I think I didn't even have a bad week either. And I played you. Look at that crap! Look at that! Yeah, stupid. Yeah. It's uh, stupid. This is my first time ever doing a fantasy football. So, oh, yeah, I'm 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 very disappointed by my team, though. I mean, it really just so. Uh, Kobe and I have a lure company that we started together. Shout out um, Native Lures. So all the Shout time we're, we're lures. talking about Native Lures on here. Um, Kobe and I started that. And how long ago was that? Two, three years ago? Uh, yeah, two, ago, two uh, August. August this ago. Two Gaugai ago. <laughs> okay. and, um, yeah, I guess. We've been cruising along ever since. We um we sell our products online, nativelures.shop. Go there and check them out. Shameless plug right there. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we've got them in a few stores, too. So uh, I got a funny story. I got a funny story about a store. Okay. Actually. So one of my coaches, we have offered a running back up from Grove. So one of my coaches, who's a big fishing fanatic, you know, he actually ordered from nativelures.shop. Yeah. Yep, he did indeed. Excuse me. He was he stopped in the sports center. We'll leave his address linked in the description of the podcast. <laughs> and um he was telling me he went to the sports center. And I said, Well now that kind of <laughs> that leaves a little bitter taste in my mouth. <laughs> sports center is supposed to buy some stuff from us. And then, you know, they said they still will next next season when fishing starts to pick up. But well they they've been telling said, me this for 18 months. Yeah. So you know exactly. Exactly. You know, they, but they, uh, you know, I said, you should have went in there and asked him if they had the native lures. And he said, <laughs> I should have. I said, that'd been the best advertisement possible. <laughs> a random stranger going in there and asking about native lures. So he should have went in. Do you, was, have, you have native lures. If you do, I'll take everything you've got. <laughs> yeah. I needed him to do that. I, I let him, I let him have it today. I said, why didn't you do that? That's what we needed. Yeah. So, hey, I actually have a question for both of you. 
because my dad told me to ask you this sometime is why you guys don't have spinner baits. Very interesting. Very interesting. You should ask that Jagger. I've got two spinner bait prototypes in that. Oh no. Oh no. I have to give it to him. Yeah. Or tell him. Not, they're not available yet. It's just, it gets really tough. We're, we're, we get super busy and it just, and you know, we're so So far far apart. apart. So what do I have to do to get my hands on a pro? Like, who do who who do I have to pay off? You just have to bring me the crispest hundred dollar bill that you've got, and we can make it happen. <laughs> Reach into my wallet. I'll give right you here. one. Of, we'll give one of the OGs. <laughs> now, um, we're gonna have to figure something. You know, in the spring, I'd like you know, I have a little area here that I can actually you know do some stuff. So, you know, I'd like to be really efficient this spring. Yeah, that's another we're... thing. We we make all of the plastics ourselves. Yeah, really. So we we yeah, make all. Yeah. We do all the colors. We package them, everything ourselves. So, and, so do you have I mean, forms and hand. stuff that you use? What is that? Do you have forms? Yeah, molds. molds. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty interesting. And it you... just it just takes time. You know, it's nothing. It's nothing that can be done super quick. You know, we sit there and we do it, and we've had a lot of long nights. A lot of <laughs> yeah, a lot musical, <laughs> a musical, uh, yeah. musical. You know, endeavors and such, and you know it's. Yeah, that's a good time, but it takes a long time. So we no we've already about that. we went through a period of you know there's it's not as simple as just like making like melting the plastic and mixing the color yeah like there's so there's so much trial and error that goes even into the the dexterity of the plastic you know? yeah and the the glitter and the flake and the color and everything has to be just right or it burns it has to be the right temperature or it doesn't <laughs> set up right and all this you know there's so much that yeah. goes into it that that people don't necessarily realize that's why it's not the simplest thing for us just to, you know, that's pretty, and, and you're talking new. and you're, and you're talking to two perfectionists. And so yeah. it's never, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's not, it's not an easy deal. You know, you know, there's been times where we butt heads about the way something should look or how it should happen. And then, you know, but it just takes a lot of time and a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of messing up for a good thing to come out of it. So. Yeah, I I agree one hundred percent. Well, I'm excited to see the spinner bait whenever it gets dropped. Whenever, whenever yeah, we that can might we be. can take a look at it whenever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's a that's that's Dad's favorite right. to use. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping to um you know when when we get more into the season, maybe do a little giveaway or something on here. You know. Yeah. Um, you know it, it gets. Last year, I didn't really have any sort of facility to be able to at college to be able to keep making them. But now, of course, I've got the space and everything. Yeah, there's lakes around for testing and all that stuff. So, oh, speaking of uh, bodies of water, Kobe, I don't know if I've told you this yet. We're I, I did tell you we're getting one. The hot tub is set up. It's heating oh, up right now. Bodies of water. <laughs> what a segue! I'm sorry, I didn't know where that was going. <laughs> That is that is the body of water. Yeah, it'll be and the bodies to put in the water. It'll be a puddle of water when Johnny and I both get in there. <laughs> I mean, it may it may be like a household rule that only one guy in the hot tub at a time. Yeah, it's just kind of a small hot tub. <laughs> I already told Johnny I'd give him twenty bucks to jump off the roof into the hot tub. <laughs> Johnny didn't bite. No, well, you know, it's only like three feet deep and. <laughs> Johnny's like six feet deep. So <laughs> it just, the, the mathematical equation just doesn't calculate right there. Well, 
Dang. I've, I've already he decided does. I'm going to try it out tonight. He tells me it's not going to be warm enough, but, you know, I'm going to give what it a shot. What is warm enough? What is warm enough? It's, I think what he is was, warm enough is, is what you're tough enough to get in. That's right. That's exactly, exactly right. I think he was trying to get it to 104 or something. Huh. Um, and I was, I know he's out there 70 right now, so I'm I'm chilling with 70. You say that until you get in 70. I would get in for sure. <laughs> so that's kind of a little bit about our uh fishing, fishing, uh, little business. But uh, so I a quick question, Kobe, what is your actual major there at SEMO? Uh, secondary education with a social studies focus, so um. Going to be a coach and teacher uh, eventually. Probably going to start out coaching at the college level, um, be a grad assistant. And, you know, depending on the progression of that, I'll either move back down to the high school level. But I want to give the college level shot first, especially to build a little patience. It takes a lot of patience to be a teacher and a coach at the high school level. Yeah. So, yeah, de- trying to build definitely. a little bit at, you, at a time. Coming from someone who doesn't have much patience, I know he doesn't as well. So yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so do you think? Uh, do you think after graduation at SEMO, you think you'll uh, be a GA there or uh, possibly, try- possibly, depending on you know who I'd be working for or yeah. whatever. But yeah, I could see that being a possibility. Uh, I don't like to you know count my you know my chickens before they're hatched or anything or you know, talk about something before it happens. I like to be a, you know, an open book. So if another opportunity comes along, you know, I'm not going to say no until I look into it. But, you know, that's a very good possibility. Me staying at CMO, being a GA here. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, Jagger. <laughs> I was – you know what I'm thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I wish you had it. <laughs> to quote, to quote one of our good friends, you know, very nice, very nice, very nice. <laughs> He's probably listening to this right now. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, moving right along to golf. Uh, this is one of the guys that got me into golf, Cole and. Uh, Kobe invited me to go golf one day, and that's where it all started. Peep the my golf game. Kobe's wearing a t- Titleist hat right now too. So, yep, repping the repping the Titleist hat. And um, how's how's the golf game been as of recent? We played last week, and I was very disappointed in my performance. I really was because I've been playing much better, you know, at a consistent consistent level you know staying under 80 breaking 80 quite a, quite often so you know that's a pretty good mark for a golfer but uh, I was very disappointed in my performance the other day just you know there were some conditional problems you know it was very windy very dry you know different things I can make excuses for it was whistling while we were on oh, uh, my goodness there. I thought I thought there was a cat dying in the woods or something. <laughs> I look over it's this little heathen whistling making a fool of himself on the golf course it was it was one of those whistles where you have to put the, the you have to put the fingers in the, the mouth two, to really get the, the two and he was letting it letting it eat out there I mean he was just like whistling a little song or something but it looked it sounded like a dying cat out in the woods I said what in the world and I'm just trying to chip listen I'm just trying to 
get up and down for par. <laughs> I look over and this little kid sitting there whistling around. I said, come on now. What in the world is happening? Yeah, we played at um, Pryor, Pryor Creek Golf Course. And, shout um, out my guy, Dennis. Shout, shout out, out Dennis. Dennis. Yeah, Dennis Bowman, the pro over there. Um, and um, I, I really like Pryor. I was telling Jagger the other day that Pryor is probably one of my favorite places to go. You know, for yeah. the price and the condition it's always in, can't hardly beat it, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of courses that are dwindling now. And, you know, it's not at the 100% rate prior. But, it, you know, it's a good 85%. You know, you can't complain. And it's tough. You know, it's a challenge. Unless Dennis you know, is listening. Then it's 100% Dennis, I promise. Yes. 100%. 110% Dennis. <laughs> the big Dennis, Dennis, Dennis is going to make it 100% regardless. Uh, <laughs> what a character Dennis is. Yeah. Yeah. I love Dennis. But, you know, those bent greens are always going to be rolling, though. So uh, what's 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 in the golf bag right now? Walk oh us through Lord. walk us through the entire golf bag. <clears throat> Would you like from bottom to top yep. or top to yep. bottom? From bag to wedge. Okay, let's let's go. Make sure I've got everything here. I don't leave anything out. Take so the gander while, out. You know, while he's while you know, he's I love talking about golfing equipment. You know, <laughs> while he's while he's looking equipment. at his equipment, I'm gonna tell the story um, because it just it just gets me going every time. Oh, <laughs> he oh. probably knows exactly what I'm gonna tell right now. But... I know exactly what you're about <laughs> so, to say. So, um, wait, maybe you should tell this after I tell him what I have in the bag. Okay, okay, that's fair. That would make sense. I'm here. So in the bag, um. The bag itself, it's an uh, OGO or OGO. I don't know the proper um, pronunciation. Thing, or pronunciation, that's what I'm looking for. OGO, I think it's a Callaway um, sister brand, but it's a 15th uh, way cart bag. You know, only allowed to carry 14 clubs. I don't know why they put 15 slots on here, but there is 15. That does come <laughs> in handy for me as we'll, we'll talk here. Um, driver. We've got a Titleist TS3 with a 6.5, 75-gram hazardous shaft. Pretty pretty stiff little – that's like a broomstick. That thing's pretty mm-hmm. pretty gnarly. So that's, that takes a, a lot of club head speed to get that thing going. And the TS3 um, is, a, is a recent edition, right? Um, year or their second to last edition. So they have the TSI three now, but – and they're coming out the TSR, which, you know, may have to see what, what the word is on that because, <laughs> you know, whatever. This is this is my uh, three wood. I got a Ping G three wood. Set at 14 and a half degrees standard. But it's it's kind of a love-hate club. You know, it's been really good for me as of late. You know, something to get me out in the fairway. Wait, would you like distances or what these sure. people be thinking? Absolutely. Capping or something. No, I can vouch for it, so. Okay, um, driver, I'm a 315 to 330 kind of guy, somewhere in there. Um, you know, even the right roll, the right uh, strike, I've gotten it up to 375. So, pretty good weapon for me when it's good, pretty bad when it's bad. So, it can it can get me in a lot of hurt or a lot of help. So, you know, it's a, it's a good weapon. The three wood, I can stick around 295 um, with rollout. 280 to 295 
it's pretty standard for me. Uh, now I've got a Tour Edge seven wood. Uh, I can stretch it out to probably 260 if I'm trying to get it to be, you know, a low running club. Or what I really bought it for was to get it up in the air. It's kind of like a, what some people carry a hybrid for. Um, but it's a Tour Edge seven wood. Love it. Now the seven wood, he can he can do work with the seven wood. That I love seeing him hit that club. Really, it's when it's when it's good, it's fantastic. And it's you know it's something I just bought kind of on a fling, to be honest. You know I saw it, I saw some videos on it, tour pros carrying seven woods and why they carried them. I was like, you know that sounds like something I would need, so I bought it. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of weird. That's just $250 that I just thought would be a good idea. And I'm just lucky it worked out for me. So I love the club, uh, you know, whatever. Oh, just to, well, I guess I can do that. Either. But that's like a uh, 260, 240, or really I hit it from 230 to 260, which is really weird, but I just changed, manipulate it to kind of how I want to hit it basically. And I can get the yardage I need depending on what I want to, what I want to do. Um four through pitching wedge. Now this is where Rhett's story is going to come into play, but I've got the uh, Callaway X4 CBs with uh, Modus 130 Tor X, Tor extra shafts. So heaviest shafts you can find probably um, for an iron. And it really just worked out for me. I went and got fitted for these actually. So, <coughs> excuse me. It was a pretty penny, but I enjoyed it. You know, it's, they've been really good for me. And uh, maybe not by always by the wanting them, but you know it turned out it turned out to work out for me. I got a good story after this is over for that. That's that's four through pitching wedge. Now uh, it's probably the funniest club in my bag. I have a old ping eye iron, seven iron, cut down to pitching wedge length. It's got the standard ping shaft in it, but I have it cut down to pitching wedge length, and I literally use it for a rock club or a brush club. Or if my ball's back behind some uh, some some brush and I need to get to it, well, I just start whacking away with that old seven iron. <laughs> I get I get to that I get to that ball regardless. So was using the seven iron fun. as a as a machete the other day. <laughs> it's a it's all purpose. And then um, my wedges I got 52, 56, 60 in the uh, Vokey SM nines and just the basic chrome color. Um, and then. For now, you know, probably going to change pretty quick. But I've got a Scotty Cameron uh, X 11.5 putter, 35 inches. And then in my bag, I just carry some extra towels, uh, alignment sticks, gloves, balls. Um, what's the What's the ball of choice? Pro V1. Um, I originally I got my irons. <laughs> They said I need to uh, pair it with the uh, Pro V1X because I don't spin the ball a whole lot, which is a really good thing for any golfer that – any person that really knows golf and, you know, gets kind of nerdy with their equipment or whatever. They know that not spinning the ball is a really good thing. But it's not a good thing when you're needing to stop a ball on a green or whatever. So with the design of the the ball and those irons, those irons are designed to go really high and spin a lot. Um, you were they were wanting to pair with the ball to make sure that thing got up in the air and spun a lot, and it just turned out to be too high and too spinny for me for what I like to do. So, mm-hmm. 
now I'm in the Pro V1. But yeah, it's very rare. I dif- differentiate from the Pro V1. I um we we don't have this soundbite fixed properly yet, but before we do a golf, any <clears throat> talk, any type of golf segment, we want to make this kind of our lead into soundbite here. I don't know if I sent you this video, so I'll play it right here. Stop the terror. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Thank you. Now watch this drive. <laughs> that's a good one i'm all for that one right there so so that's going to be kind of our lead into talking about golf yes. but uh, my story um takes us back to uh was it this summer um last spring break okay last spring break um so kobe's always been um kind of uh, a titleist kind of a Titleist fan, right? Um, and I use that word, I'd use that term loosely, you know. Um, but if he was given the choice, he would have picked Titleist. And so when I got into golf, I chose, I started going full in Callaway just because <laughs> it was kind of the butting head to Titleist, right? So we have this little, you know, back and forth about Titleist and Callaway all the time. And so I go with him to get, it's iron fitting and they go in and, and he's, he's looking at all these clubs and they're showing him these, um, titleist irons. Uh, I don't even remember what else they, they showed you. They, they um, gave, they put in my hand, I had a tailor-made iron. I had a, um, titleist Callaway, Mizuno, um, Srixon. I tried about every major so, brand of gold. So they, they go through all of these irons <clears throat> and, they break out these these Callaway irons, and um, the guy starts saying that he's getting some good results out of these, and they keep going. And as he's like, you can you can tell they're like really honing in on the fact that these are going to be the irons that suit him the best. And I I remember I'm just sitting in that I'm leaning up I was leaning up against the wall. I was just smiling. He turned around, and I just saw that I just saw that look in his eyes. I couldn't have been happier that day. The day he got he got switched against his will to Callaway. <laughs> if it was really against my will. Now, I was spending this money to go get fit, okay? Not to get fit to what I like, but to what was going to be best for me, most beneficial to my golf game. Because over the last year, you know, I really just got into golf maybe a year, year and a half ago, really into it. I think – a year in July is when I bought my driver, and that was the first club I bought, real club, other than my cheap set I had. And so I really just got into golf, like, then. But when I got into it, when I get into anything, I'm all in. <laughs> and that's that. I will stand by that until the day I, you know, Rhett could probably vouch for me. Oh, yeah. I'm all in. I'm all in. So then when I got these, I was like, I'm so tired. I was I had my irons, and I was like, I'm so tired of, you know, missing yardages, missing greens, that kind of thing. I was like, I need to get something new. <coughs> Excuse me. And so when I went to get fit, it was to get fit to what suited me. Was I disappointed in the fact that the Callaway substantially outperformed every other iron I ever touched in that day? Yeah, <laughs> I, I was during the moment. 
it, I it, really enjoy him now. I really enjoy him now. But it was it was so drastically better, so much drastically better compared to everything else I touched that it, you know, I can't argue. You know, right? It, it was it was a great a day for me. Better. He got new clubs that fit him well, and I just got a great experience. And I was <laughs> I was happy with that. And shout out to Golf USA. They had those things done. Now they were really irking me when they said four to five weeks. I was a little pest or. I was a little flustered when they said that. I was, you know, a little disturbed, mad, upset, whatever you want to say. They had the things done in like four days. Huh. Had to go up, and by Thursday, they had those things done, and I got fit on uh, Sunday. So, shout out Golf USA. Yeah. Please sponsor us, Golf USA. Yeah. That'd be Definitely. great. Please sponsor me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what your name is, but you wear amazing knickers. You know, like the short pants. With a long, those short golfing pants. Oh yeah, the older guy. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I know who you're talking. He about, is yeah. a. I mean, he is a character. Now, yeah. Avery, you were great. I appreciate your fitting, your fitting services. <laughs> but you're not quite the character my my guy is. My other guy is. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, speaking of sponsoring us, do you have any? Uh... You got anything NIL in the works or anything potentially like that? You know, not yet. Uh, my biggest vouch for that will be if I get an all-conference honor, basically. Uh-huh. All-conference, all-American type honor. And then that'll be a good pedestal for that. But this spring I plan on working on several different NIL possibilities. My biggest goals – now, these are my big, big goals eventually – Nothing fancy. They're a hat company. Um, Hardy is sponsored by Nothing Fancy. So if you look at anything Hardy wears on stage, it's a Nothing Fancy hat. They're real neat. They have some. Well, we had Hardy gear. on I last just... week. Hardy, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're talking about two different here, but. Um, no, I yeah, just told a joke. You know. It wasn't funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I understand. <laughs> I just ordered a hat from. You know, my first hat I purchased from them, but I love their stuff. You know, I just don't want to spend $40 on hats all the time. Yeah. Especially when Rex Ty has amazing hats. Thank you. I, I didn't want to have to go there, but I was going to. Yeah. I was willing. Don't worry. That black and gray Rex Ty hat that I have been through a lot, but she still gets on my head yep. more frequent, frequently than you would think. So. Absolutely. Um, Dr. Squatch is a big one I would love to have. <laughs> Dr. Squatch. Love Dr. Squats. I do use their soap. It is in my bathroom currently. But I would love the Dr. Squat sponsorship. That would be, I think that would be the funniest. Yeah, it would, it would be most great. Yeah. Useful. I always need to wash my, myself and I always need to put on deodorant and they have both. So I would <laughs> yeah, love to, awesome. I would love, I would love that sponsorship. Um, uh, I haven't really thought outside of that, you know reasonably my right. social my instagram following has been growing and so i'm over a thousand followers on instagram now which is kind of a decent feat i guess that's awesome now do you follow the uh, guitars cowboys pod on instagram i do i do there we go yeah and well I, for those of you listening if you don't follow it that link is always right down in the description. You can go over there and follow us, DM us questions, all of that jazz. 
Did, I got to plug it since Jagger won't. I got to plug it. Did Did you get I the understand. poll put up on Spotify? <clears throat> uh, it hasn't. At the time of this recording, that hasn't been uploaded. Okay. So, but it will be. So. Sweet. Yeah. I got a. I got a fish. Like a pet fish. Oh, really? What and so we. It's a betta fish. Oh, of course, yes. As opposed to an alpha fish, but um, we were trying to figure out a name, and we were going to let the listeners decide. We had we had Gundy, uh, Pistol Pete, and I don't what was the other what one? The other one was. What was uh, the other great. one? I don't know. We had another one. Yeah, we did. Hmm. Well, bullet, yeah. bullet. That's what it was. Yeah. So. Mm. We'll see. You know, real riveting oh, stuff we're doing over here. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm a vote, if my vote counts, Pete would be it. But Pete, Pete. that's that's I'm what merely, Johnny says. Yeah, I'm just two votes for Pete. Human. Just a human. Um, you want to talk a little music? Oh, you bet. So oh. <laughs> this guy, I I listened to. I don't know how to say this without sounding like. I listen to more music than almost anyone I know. Like I, I listen to a ton of music and a lot of different variety, but I listen to a lot of stuff that a lot of people probably never heard. Very old music. Oh, about that. I uh, just say so you brought up old music. I, I started an eight week course this week. It's called history of rock and roll. And I've been listening to some old rock and roll music. Really? It's been awesome. Yeah. Really? Buddy um, Holly. Yeah. There's some, Old Jerry Lee Lewis, uh-huh. some old time. Jerry Lee Lewis just got inducted into the uh, Country Music Hall of Fame Sunday. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Bowls of fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, but where I was going with this, this guy I could play. He's he's the only person I hang out with that I could play music that I actually enjoy listening to, and he knows it. That's awesome. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. So yeah, we have very I... very similar music tastes. So I spent a lot of time at my grandma's, and she's a traditional bluegrass fan. And when I mean traditional, you know, there's been some new variations of bluegrass at different instruments or whatever, different sounds. And she hates it. She is a very much so traditional um, bluegrass fan. But she's a big fan of um, old country, too. You know, she listens to Willie's Roadhouse on Sirius XM. Just if you ever have a chance to listen to that and that'll give you an idea. But I spent a lot of time at her house and, you know, a lot of influence from that, you know, and then I, I've, I'm like one of the biggest Johnny Cash fans. I love Johnny Cash. That's my guy, you know, you know, Dwight Yoakam is Brett's, but Johnny Cash is mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I want to do something kind of, quote fun here i want you to i want us all to pick our top three so these are this is not a necessarily a maybe top three favorite this is a you could only listen to these three artists from now oh, on no i don't know yeah that's all genre so yeah all any any though. any genre yeah <laughs> okay so uh who would like to go first <laughs> i don't want to go first i'll go I got, I got two of mine already. Now, the third one's going to be hard. It's going to sound a little contradictory to what I said. So, my top two are the Eagles 
and Allen Jackson, probably Allen Jackson, then the Eagles in that order. If you're going one to two, just because of the amount of music they have that I enjoy, you know, uh-huh. right. Now everybody here would think Johnny Cash would be number three, but he eventually oh, runs out of music. You yeah. know, a lot of his ballad stuff, that kind of stuff. You know, he did a lot of, you know, storytelling or folk style storytelling music. It's like you were sitting around a campfire telling a story, but then you turn it into a little harmony and rhythm and then turn it to a song. So some of that stuff kind of runs out. I'm a big, big, don't get me wrong, big Johnny Cash fan. Um, I would probably have to turn to something in the rock genre because I enjoy rock music as a, you know, as a side piece to what I, you know, my traditional country music mm-hmm. I enjoy. You know, the Eagles is kind of that's the happy medium. You're right. You know, they kind of, they kind of, they're a rock band, but they've got a banjo. So what can you say? <laughs> you know, they play with a banjo. Um, man, it's so hard. That third one. I'm trying to think of a rock band that really just has a lot of music I love. I mean, a lot of music, too, because you think about it, your whole life, you know, people like Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam kind of comes to mind, but, you know, they still kind of run out of music for me. Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> those, you know, that kind of idea, but I, Shine Down's another one. Yeah, you know, Shine Down's a good one. Those, Nickelback, you know, I, I know some people hang on Nickelback. I don't. I like Nickelback. I, I don't know why know. people are so hard on Nickelback. And, I enjoy and, the music. I will, and I will stand by that. Nickelback is good. Real good. Yeah. Yeah, I uh fan of Nickelback as well. They're getting a new album coming out. Really? Yeah. Really. You know, their lead singer kind of kind of sad looking now. He got cut off all his hair and <laughs> Chad Kroger. Yeah. My He's... guy. He looks like a Chad Kroger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He looks like a Chad Kroger. Um we'll go. My third one will go. Um Red Hot Chili Peppers, probably. So give us your three Pepper. again. And uh, Alan Jackson at one, uh-huh. the Eagles, the Eagles at two, and um, Red Hot Chili Peppers at three. Okay, so he's he's starting on in one genre and he's he's just transitioning into another. Yeah, with a nice little. Uh, you need some more time, or you want to go? Give you a little more time. I want to okay. hear you say. You know, uh, the first one not going to be a surprise here for me. Let me. Got to be Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam. Um, should have should have no. had him. Oh, you. No, you. That's our that's our intro actually to the podcast. Girl, you taught me how to hurt <laughs> I didn't know we were getting a concert too. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Dwight Yoakam at number one. Um, number number two is uh, it's gonna be Merle Haggard for me. That's a good one too. Merle. 
What a surprise. Even me as a close friend of you would say that's a surprise, but I do love Merle Haggard. I've been throwing horseshoes. Sorry. Sorry. Um, number three is where it gets tricky, like Kobe said. Yeah. Because number three, I've got I've got a couple in my head. Um, you know, um, I'm gonna stick to the to the country genre uh, for me, but a uh, Joe Nichols is one that comes comes in at a number three. Yeah. Brooks and Dunn. Um, I'm a big fan of Tracy Lawrence. It's I'm probably gonna have to go Brooks and Dunn just for the quantity of the music. Yeah, and and I feel I like switch out. I can see myself switching out Brooks and Dunn and Alan Jackson too, for the same reason. Both of them have a ton of songs that are just right. you know just peachy. Both of them. So uh-huh. that's why I pick Alan Jackson because I like Alan Jackson and the amount of music he has. And, and Alabama's one that I want to throw in at number three, too. You know, there's a, you know, my Dwight Yoakam and Merle Haggard are the ones that are set. Those are, yeah. set, you know, but at number three, Buck Owens, Alabama, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I can yeah, throw in at number three. Out there that's just really good. So you, you're finalizing Bricks and Dunn for your third? Yeah, my final answer is Dwight Yoakam, Merle Haggard, and Bricks and Dunn. And when okay. Rhett, Rhett says he listens to a lot of music, like, I mean, that ain't no freaking joke. I mean that. Yeah. I've never. I mean, I've never heard the playlist. You would think this guy's eighty. I, <laughs> I've put, seen. Like, and, you, and you put a split down. And the sad thing is, I know most of the stuff he plays. <laughs> and so sometimes I wonder about myself, but then I remember that I'm more on the. You know, I have more uh, modern taste too than Rhett does. But this this might know. come as a shock shock to you, Jagger. Kobe knows this, but. I'm a big Maroon Five fan as well. No, you told me that. Oh, did I? Yeah, you okay. t- told me you're a big Adam Levine fan. Okay. Yeah. 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 We we had conversations. That's probably the wildest thing I've ever seen Brett do was just start blaring some Maroon Five and getting after it. <laughs> yeah, I like bluegrass too. It's tough to. Yeah. You know, I love. I love bluegrass. You know, Ricky I love Skaggs bluegrass. And... It just reminds me of a my grandma's house. You know. Bluegrass That's is something that just just makes you feel good, you know. It's like a you you start getting the right you start getting the right uh, tones and you know the right instruments playing at the mm-hmm. right pace. Boy, just you can't get you can't beat the beat the banjo starting it up, you know, kicking it off with the banjo. Oh, I think the Where... the uh, unpopular like opinion, but my favorite instrument is a mandolin by far. I love a mandolin. <laughs> I, I mean, you get the quick picking of it, but it's just like a little, it's like a little, uh, that's what it reminds me of, like a little sad. Uh, I need to play my mandolin for you. Yeah, no, you talked about bring that it a while back, back but, No, I don't have it with me. Dang it. Um, but uh, we're, um, we're going to have a uh, pretty well-known bluegrass band on pretty soon too. So that's, that's going to be exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited oh. for that. So yeah, I do. Is it my turn? Yeah, please. I was, I was hoping you guys forgot. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. My number one's really easy. George Strait. I I, I really George Strait's up there. George well, Strait. Garth it, Brooks is another one that I could see my a lot of a lot of music that I know and can enjoy listening to comes up. You know, and some people, Rhett, <clears throat> not a big not a big Garth Brooks guy. It's funny you say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Garth Brooks is coming uh, here to 
Oklahoma State to give some to some seminars or something, and I signed up for all of them. So. Yeah, yeah, he's going all three. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong, I I'm not a huge. There's a few songs I like. I'm not a huge fan. I think of him personally. Yeah, but maybe you know, I'm ho- I'm really hoping there's a Q and A type situation at this event, and I'm just gonna get the mic. I'm do everything I can to get the mic, and I'm just gonna ask. Could, could I get five, ten minutes of your time to be on my podcast? Yeah. You know, never know. Maybe Garth will be on here in a couple of weeks. One can yeah. hope. If somebody's at, if somebody, if there's someone to try it, it's me. So, okay. So, George Strait, number one. Can I say who I thought you were going to pick? Who? Tyler Childers. I knew you'd think that, but he, he's not even going to crack, crack the top three. Now, um, I'm a stone stove from the mail. <laughs> um, I joke him. And Tyler Childers played a concert together the other day. Really? Yeah. Um, they did a benefit concert. Oh, no, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, because they're both from uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Chris Stapleton. Yeah, Chris Stapleton. Ricky Skaggs was there. Yeah. It was cool. I watched it. Ricky Skaggs yeah. and Kentucky Thunder. Yep. I'm ready. Okay, number two. Go ahead, sorry. Glenn Campbell. Really? Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell? Yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah, Why? Right. I'm a you, rhinestone. Anytime what you the... play music, you never play any of this. I've played Glenn, Glenn Campbell before. I don't believe it. I, th- there's stuff I listen to by boy. myself that you just, you'll never know. I guess so. Wow. Well, and, and because a Jagger, lot of times I think, when I play music, I think... I'm trying to play music, but some, sometimes I'm playing, trying to play music that I know other people will know too. See, that's that's where you and I differ. When I get the remote, I'm not playing whatever oh. I want to hear. You're gonna play hey, you're gonna play what Rhett wants to play. And Maybe someday I'll be strong. strong. <laughs> Maybe it won't be long. The the grateful thing about it is when uh when I used to come over to Rhett's you know, a door, uh, apartment dorm suite thing. You know, he'd be playing music and maybe it was only me and him, but by God, both of us would sing it. We were, and everyone everybody else was looking us. around. That's hilarious. <laughs> and it would be us two just, you know, <laughs> yeah, bellowing our tunes. Who's your number three, Jack? Oh, man, this is where it gets hard. So I want to throw in a new artist because they put in they'll put in like newer stuff uh-huh. too also. Oh, that's a good one. point. Never thought about that. that. Oh, that's smart. Wow. Wow, Jagger. <laughs> I really want to put in Zach Bryan. Oh my God! Okay. Like every basic white girl. I was just America about to say. Right I've been now. no, you've no, hey, no, girl here. No, I, uh, I'm a really big Zach Bryan fan, because of his songwriting. I'm, I'm a huge guy when it comes to songwriting, and he writes all of his songs, and all of his songs have like well, a really good meaning. He is a, it. he is a fellow Okie too. Yeah, always get behind that. And he is a fellow Okie. and I, I don't just know something in the orange. I know all of his albums too. So. Yeah, I, I know Oklahoma Smoke Show too. <laughs> no, I, I know I know all of his albums too. So I and whenever I get into like somebody, I'm usually into like all their 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 complete albums. Like yeah, all all yeah. in that, um, which is also respectable. This I, I don't think I ever told Kobe about this, and he he can appreciate some of these artists that I'm going to mention. Uh, you and I talked about all the artists that have been to Tumbleweed. Yeah. Um. Kobe, did I tell you the list of artists that have played at Tumbleweed? You told me a very, very few of them. So, no, not the complete list or anything. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll quickly run through the list here. Um, so, Vanilla Ice to start it off. 
One that Price really, ice, baby. really surprised me. Should have been my number three. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got um, Third Eye Blind. Oh, that's um, a good one. Oh. Third Eye Blind's a great band for that third spot, that rock genre. You know somebody that no, I didn't think about? Three Doors three? Down. Three Doors Just Down. Turnpike. Turnpike Troubadours. Uh-huh. Oh, that's a that's, good one. That's that tied for my one. third, honestly. Oh. oh. Yeah, three Doors sorry. Down. Sorry. To um, we're actually, I don't know if I can say this, but I'm going to say it. Uh, trying to get the... Um, Bass player from Three Doors Down on the podcast. I haven't even told Jagger this, but I've been working on it. So sweet. So anyway, his name is Justin, by the way. So just kind of uh, first name basis, you know, Justin. Yeah. Um. So getting into the country artists that have performed at Tumbleweed, we've got Hank Williams Jr., Merle Haggard, Willie Nelson, uh, Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks used to work at Tumbleweed actually as a bouncer. Yeah. Um. Travis Tritt. Sawyer Brown. Keith Travis Tritt's a good one. Uh, oh! Keith Whitley. Lori Morgan. Where there's a cloud, don't mean <laughs> Keith Whitley's a good train. one. Yeah. He was actually inducted into the uh, Country Music Hall of Fame as well. This, you uh, know, could Sunday. you imagine? Could you imagine? You think he'd have been a bigger star. Let's think of a... Let's think of some moderate country stores of the 90s. Sorry. Let, let me ask this question after. The uh, after the list, I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Um, Joe Diffie, Tracy Lawrence, Tracy Bird, Rick Trevino, the Bellamy Brothers, Chris Ledoux, Neil McCoy, Mark Chestnut, um, Red Atkins, Red Akins. Sorry, not Atkins is in the Atkins diet, but Red Akins, um, George Jones, John Michael Montgomery, David Ball, um. Rodney Carrington, Miranda Lambert, uh, Leanne Womack, Eli Youngban, Dirks Bentley, Jason Boland, Stoney LaRue, Casey Donahue. He's coming back in a couple weeks. Um, I try to get him on. That'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. Yeah, I think I'd he's like coming that. in November. Yeah, let's we'll do that. We'll have to see what we can do there. Um, Whiskey Myers, Aaron Watson, Cross Canadian Ragweed. Randy Rogers, Turnpike Troubadours, um, Parker McCollum, Co Wetzel, and Luke Combs, just to name a few. I thought that was kind of that's interesting. a pretty solid list. I mean, yeah. that's a solid list, regardless. So back to my question here. Okay, Keith Whitley, as everybody knows, well, maybe not everybody knows, was a growing country music star in the '90s, and ended up actually dying of alcohol poisoning, cirrhosis of the liver. I think. Let me, will you fact check me on that, Rick? Yes, I will. Make sure I'm 100% correct. I know it had to be something with it. was something to do with abuse, and I think it was. It, uh, it was alcohol abuse. Liver. I just. Um, this says overdose of alcohol. That's what this says. So, uh, that could be alcohol poisoning. Of course, well, you know, you, you get what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Died, very, died very young, though. Um, he died in 1989, young? actually. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yep. Okay, before. So he was he was a rising. 34. Was 34. Okay. Yeah. See, young for a country music uh-huh. artist. So, in that time period, think of your biggest stars of that time. Let me start on like a tier or how I would tier them. 
bigger, smaller Mark Chestnut. I think that's smaller. an easy one. You think smaller than Mark Chestnut? No, Keith I thought I'm no. saying Mark Chestnut's smaller than Keith Whitley. Oh yes, we're we're talking about and just for to clarify for all the listeners, we're talking about possibility or potential is the word I'm looking for of Keith Whitley being bigger or smaller. Keith Whitley being a, a yes. Okay, I see. I understand. I understand the assignment now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for that poor amount of clarification. Um, let me think of another tier. Joe Diffie. Um, larger. Think Joe Diffie's larger, or you think Keith Whitley would have been larger? I think Keith Whitley would have been larger. I agree. I think so. Um. I have the big one at the end, but I think there's probably another level in between those two that I'm thinking here, that time period. Um, Somebody that grew in the 80s and carried on to the 90s. Um, Well, a prime example, I don't want to be this guy, but a prime example of someone who began the career in the 80s and kind of rounded it out in the 90s was Dwight Yoakam. (laughs) Dwight Yoakam. I mean, it, okay, it's... but I can't. I can't ask you that. I can't <laughs> ask you that. Regardless, ask me that. You no, know I can't. <laughs> yeah, Jagger, bigger, smaller than Dwight Yoakam. That's pretty tough. In in what aspect? In the I um... think easy. I think I popularity, music, you know, charts, sales, that kind of thing. How many just albums like how did Keith Whitley actually put out? So just music, Very, right? Not not other not other things too. No, no acting or okay. whatever else you think. You know, whatever else right. you would, we're thinking music sales charts that kind of. I think for me, it's easy answer. He he would have been bigger than Dwight Yoakam. Now Dwight Yoakam is quality. Don't get me wrong. I love Dwight Yoakam. You know, his music, his style. But I think as an artist, he's bigger. Okay, let me but let me hit the, you with, with this information here. I looked it up okay. just because I was curious. Yeah, I was curious too. Um, this says Keith Whitley sold over two and a half million albums. Yep. Okay. okay. So two and a half million albums. Dwight Yoakam has sold over 25 million albums. Okay. How, how many, many albums? How many albums produced? Album um, actually... I think Dwight has around twenty something albums. Okay, what maybe. about Keith Willie? Uh, let me check. I don't think it's very many. If I'd say probably three or four, but let me. Check. I was about to say. I think one, three two, four. three, four, five. I got five on Apple Music. Now there's probably another five. one or something snuck in there somewhere, but but five. Yeah, and it's one of those the greatest hit album or something like that. Because if it's a greatest uh, no. hit, then it, no, it's yeah. not. Yeah, that's probably right. Um, I think you know he was just catching real fire right before he died. You know, yeah, oh, I agree. Seemed, yeah, or so it seems. So you know, it's kind of it's a tough scenario to think about. You know, mm-hmm. whole holy, you know, from a wild wide angle or a wide viewpoint of the whole deal, a neutral viewpoint of everything. But I think he could have been as big as – now, the big one, the, this is the big one, and, you know, and I think probably the most – there's two that set at the top for me in the 80s and 90s of sales, you know, 
popularity, whatever. Garth Brooks is number one. I mean, his numbers don't don't lie. I mean, he was just substantially he, – he, like, sold the most records ever. And he was at the top of the charts of the country album. 170 million records, albums. And he was on top of the charts mm-hmm. as a country album, which was, like, the first time that happened in forever. You know, whatever. At some point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can fact check me on that, whatever. Do I think Keith Whitley would have been that big? No, because he's not as good as an entertainer. But I think, you know, and Alan Jackson's the other top one, I think. The other top one, I would say, in that category of that time period that ended up having a ton of songs that were popular. This is solo artist, you know. So this is Alan Jackson, uh, 75 billion records. So I just looked up George Strait, too, and he sold 120 George, okay. Okay. Yeah. I how I don't know how I could forget about George Strait. I guess because George Strait's just not as big as high on a list for me. But yeah, we'll say George Strait. George Strait and Garth Brooks is probably the top two. Yeah, that, that wow. that's who I thought. Here's a number that really kind of shocks me. Um Brooks and Dunn, 30 million albums. <laughs> really? And you look at I mean, the- I would I would personally consider Brooks and Dunn to be much bigger than Dwight Yoakam, right? But you're looking at 25 yeah. million versus 30 million. I was really? really shocked at that number. Yeah. I I honestly consider Dwight Yoke would be bigger than Brooks and Dunn, personally. No. Well, no. I, Brooks I don't and know Dunn's why. such a such someone, so many awards for group artists. And yeah. I, I look at it like if you just ask people out on the street. Now, a lot of people know who Dwight Yoakum is, but it's mostly it's mostly 30s and up know who Dwight Yoakam is. Yeah. Brooks and Dunn, even a lot of people that don't even listen to him, they just know who it is. You know? Yeah. Scoot and Boogie. Right. When yeah, that makes sense. Down, you know, whatever. You know, you hear the songs, but, you know, and I think the 80s were dominated by Alabama, but Brooks and Dunn really took it over. Cole Saver Band, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Cole. I know he loves his Alabama. <laughs> That's my, really my favorite band. <laughs> I looked up Alabama total sales and it's giving me tax rates for the state of Alabama. <laughs> um, Alabama, 75 million records. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. But, you know, at the, the you know, at some point, whatever year that was, Brooks and Dunn really kind of took it over from them. But we've watched both. Here we go. Here's a question for you, Red. Out of the Alabama and Brooks and Dunn concerts, which one did you enjoy more? Um, see, it's weird. I think I consider Brooks and Dunn. I consider Alabama more of a classic sound. If that makes correct. Sense. And and Brooks and Dunn's kind of that honky talk party sound, to be honest. Yeah, and I I'm a big. That's what I like. I really like the. You know, the, the real honky-tonk, like, yeah. you know, kind of kind of sound. And for me personally, if I had to pick one of the two bands, it would be Brooks and Dunn. But I, but I really like Alabama as well. I, I think Alabama had a good show. But I think seeing Brooks and Dunn in person did more for me than seeing Alabama, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Now, was I disappointed where we were sitting? Slightly. Yes, it was packed. Slightly, it really. Was, it Johnny, was Kobe, and I <laughs> squeezed it into three seats that we probably each needed one seat. That 
extra. Once he'd extra a piece. There's a video was, of me somewhere well, on the way there. I was riding in the back of the truck and I was just passed out sleeping. I was, my head was hanging. There's a video somewhere. I'll have to show you. <laughs> now that was one of the most fun trips and one of the most, I almost killed somebody trips <laughs> all in the same, all in the same. <laughs> yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. But we played the concert. We, oh, go ahead. We played a golf course two days in a row, a fairly nice golf course two days in a row. And um, our third player wasn't, wasn't, wasn't having it by then. So. And, you know, the weird thing about that golf course, it was two completely different golf courses. Yeah. You know what I mean by that, Rhett? Yeah. By the time we played it the second day, Jagger. They had sanded the greens, cut them. They'd cut it and sanded. And I don't know if you played, you probably, you, oh, I listened to your pocket. You haven't played a ton of golf. No. You know, but when you cut the greens, it obviously goes faster. Less grass on the, less grass, less friction. But then they sanded them, which makes the ball kind of skip instead of roll. And so it, it created a whole different element. You know, you couldn't stop the ball. It was weird. You yeah. Had to, you had to play completely different shots than you did just the day before. Yeah. We played a Saturday, a Saturday, Sunday, or a Sunday, Monday, something. Sunday, Monday. Sunday, Monday. Yeah. Concert. Yeah. The concert was on a. So Sunday. Sunday yep. Sunday, they were nice, you know, normal, which the Santa ones aren't bad. You just got to be ready for them. And we weren't ready for them, or I wasn't. Boy, that, of course, ate me up <laughs> that second day, but had a couple good scores out there. It just wasn't what I, wanted per se overall it was a good trip though it was it was it was it, cool it was good i'm glad i got to see uh brooks and dunn in person one time at least and uh really wish i could have made the alan made a alan jackson show this year for his last show yeah um, but so someone who i i got to see 90s country artist before they died it was joe diffie he actually yeah. for Cody Johnson right before he died. You know, I, I like Joe Diffie, but it's it's on the lower end of my yeah, you know. And I and that's that's where we different uh, differentiate. I'm actually kind of a big Joe Diffie fan. I like it's just a Joe. it's just a different sound than what I would typically yeah. you know. But I but I like it. I really like the song Home, and I don't know if that's a song that a lot of people. It's not. I don't you know when people think of Joe Diffie, it's. Uh, John Deere Green or prop me up beside John the Deere Green box, you pick know? up man. Oh no! What just happened? Uh, getting a phone call. Oh lord! You'll never guess who it is either, Kobe. Rhymes with coal. <laughs> Are you there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I knew who was calling you. I said doing a I podcast, knew. don't call. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Home has always been a song that I really liked. I heard it a lot as a kid, and I think it – I don't know. It's just one of those things. Yeah. You know, it's always stuck with me. Travis Tritt's one of those that kind of get me going, too. I'll be honest. Big Travis Tritt guy. Yeah, I really like Travis Tritt and as that's well. Kind of, that's kind of that's kind of um, influenced by my mom, I guess. My mom was a big Travis Tritt gal, so I heard it a lot growing up. 
Yeah, I I think the ton of great artists in the eighties and nineties. That's that's where my that's where my favoritism okay. lies for yeah. sure. You think you think Keith Whitley would have been bigger or smaller than Travis Tritt? Because that's a hard one. That might be the hardest question of them all. I think he'd have been smaller than smaller well, than Garth and George. I think he'd have been smaller than Garth and George because it was like to entertain. But I see the level of entertainment and uh, show probably comparable to Travis Tritt. But Travis well, Tritt's music was so good. I think Travis Tritt and Dwight Yoakam rank very evenly. Um, uh, okay. I can, I can I would agree. up and get some, some sort of numbers. But for that sake, I don't know. Um, I group like Dwight and Travis Tritt in this group of – they're kind of like mid-tier. Yeah, you know, they weren't one-hit wonders, but they weren't. But they weren't mega superstars. They weren't playing like. They weren't playing the AT and T stuff. They were in their prime, for okay, sure. but they're not anymore. Yeah, you know, like Brooks and Dunn can still fill up a stadium. Yeah, and that's where I feel like I think Keith Whitley would probably be just maybe right in that mid pack. Yeah. I think the reason, you know, you hear a lot of his, a lot of people are playing his music now. Would they be doing that if he was still alive? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. I say, is Keith Whitley up, you know, such a interesting question for the, uh, for his potential because he died or because his music was really that good. I think it's somewhere in between. Do I think his music's good and it's powerful? You know, his few songs, yeah. But he didn't really have the honky-tonk. Everything that got big for him wasn't the honky-tonk. It was the soupy, sad kind of country music. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Something yep. that had a, a heartbreaking song, which he, real, he lived real-life heartbreak, yeah. which made his music probably so good, you know? So I yeah, think I all his songs were real. And something, once you hear the story of Keith Whitley, you think, dang, some of these music – or some of this music is like – very, you know, him, and it makes it more powerful. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's an interesting question. Yeah, you've got a lot of um, – <coughs> I, I really think – I think back – I say back in the day. I mean, it was it was a good 30-plus years ago now. But um, looking at – I think now you have more of these superstars. Like, you have more – you have a higher number of superstars – in country music now yeah. than in the past. In the past, you had the the handful, but you had a lot of, and when I say mid tier, like great artists, like phenomenal, obviously selling thirty million yeah. records. I mean, you know, multi millionaires. You know, still not top tier. But like now, if you were to sit here and name modern country artists that are superstars, I mean, Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan, Carrie Underwood, Miranda Lambert, Blake Shelton. You know, you could just list them Luke all. Luke that, that I would consider yeah. truly superstars. Not that I'm a fan of their music. Yeah. But they are. But they, they're a popular You know, music. and I don't think you could name that many and then, not artists on, in the past. Of, that, not to mention the genres that we would consider a separate kind of, you know, integrating. You know, we got the Red Dirt style, Zach Bryan, that's turning into a more common phenomenon superstar where somebody in the past let's think reed south hall you know the casey donahue's the 
Randy Rogers. This might be Randy an unpopular Rogers. opinion right here. Even as popular as Turnpike is, I don't consider them superstar level. Well, they no, also have taken my, a break. That's yeah, and that's I consider point. Zach Bryant superstar level. Like and if, he, is, and he's, my, if he's not there yet, he's very close, and he will be one day. And this this is my point: is these originators of the Red Dirt music were Red Dirt, not country, and they were considered that. Well, now you see the integration and the welcoming of Zach Bryant as a country music superstar, but he's at heart a Red Dirt guy. Everybody right. that hears him and the, knows Red Dirt music knows he's a red dirt guy yeah so now that addition you know the integration of that genre is going to create even more superstars you know you don't have that top tier is kind of flooded now so right and you know it's it's hard to know like i'm sitting here trying to think in the past obviously i wasn't there so it's hard to know but just i mean you don't have and and maybe there's more like i said because i wasn't there and i during didn't live through that time but it's hard to sit here and think of a bunch of supers. I mean, you've got like Johnny Cash, you know, in the in the country genre. I'd probably consider Merle Haggard one. Yeah. And, you know, Waylon back, way back, you've got Willie Nelson. Waylon Jennings, Hank Sr. Yeah. Um, and if you go way back, and Hank I would, Williams. Yeah. But he, yeah. he was kind of like Keith Whitley. He, he, he died, died before young. his music yeah. took off, you know. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, that's another hard one. Um, let's think of some, some real early – you know the Carter family. Buck Owens family. was definitely Buck, Buck Owens was definitely Carter family. Um, George Jones, um, Charlie Pride. Charlie I would consider well, Charlie, Charlie Pride Pride's a superstar. Mid tier, he's probably that mid tier group. Um, I sat right beside Charlie Pride one time. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's just tougher to name some of those. You know. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's not a big list. I would don't even start with me. He's he's in he's in that mid tier group. I agree. Yeah, me, I agree. For me, <laughs> it's um, so funny to me that you like Glenn Campbell. Why? That I, is, I do it's too. George Jones. Just, Sorry, superstar. So not what I would expect. George Jones. George Jones is a superstar. I, I, yeah, I did say that. Well, I mean that is that is as true as the the Bible is. Um, and you have the guys that are big, like Porter Wagner's big because he uh, duetted with. You know, Dolly Parton. Uh, Dolly Parton a lot, a lot. So he's big, you know. But is he really that good? Oh, know. Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson. Yeah, we said Willie yeah. Nelson. Oh, did you? Yeah. Uh, Reba McIntyre. Reba. Reba's big, but she's in the 80s, 90s category. Is that what were you talking about? Older. We're, we're talking about older originators more so than Ronnie Millsap's in the 80s. Maybe Conway Twitty. Ronnie, I think he's mid tier there. Conway. Conway Twitty. Conway yeah. Twitty is up there. I would say uh, all I'm going to say is when I search 80s country superstars, Dwight Yoakam pops up on at the top of the list. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm, a, hey, I'm it's because it's because your 50, phone knows 60, you listen to Dwight Yoakam all the time. 50, 60. I'm looking at country hits, country's essentials, 70s country essentials on, but then you hear you, Charlie Pride's up there. I'm thinking Bob Wills have a lot of a back lot, in the day. Yeah. Um, Tom Hall's one. It's kind of that midline, you know. You can find people that could argue for both sides of him. Um, Don Williams. Or you consider Don Williams? Mid-tier, in my opinion. Uh, Maybe top of the mid-tier. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's he's that real close. Um, Tammy Wynette, you know. Yeah, I was, was thinking big. about her too. She's big. Dolly, I mean, we should have. Loretta Lynn's a big one we missed. Loretta Lynn. Yeah, Loretta Lynn. Here. She is. Um, talk about this. But there's some big, you know, there's some there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. There's a we can talk, talk music for a long yeah, time, but yeah, we're we're getting into the hour and a half range, so start to uh, kind of wrap things up. But we'll definitely have to have you on again. Yeah, uh, as we go, as we get deeper into the episodes, um, I don't know if you'll be our first guest. Like on the, you're the first guest we recorded. I don't know if you'll be the first one published, but. The first guest always holds a special place in, in our hearts. Of course. So. I'm very appreciative. <laughs> I'm very appreciative of the opportunity. Well, we do. And we when, do. This thing, when this thing blows up, I'll, I'll be able to say I was the first. Yeah, you were <laughs> one of the first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we really do appreciate you coming on. I know you're always busy. you got a lot of stuff going on. So we appreciate you taking the time to, uh, yep. to come on and talk with us. No problem. So, uh, I guess Jagger, unless you've got anything else to add, I don't. Th- thank you, thank you for your time, Kobe. Thanks for coming yeah, on. I don't know no you're problem. busy, man. We're gonna, hey, we're I gonna, appreciate it. We're gonna try Have out fun, this boys. new, try out this new soundboard as we go into the uh, outro here. So, yeah. thanks again, up. Kobe, for coming on. Yep. I really appreciate it. And uh, Jagger, yep. thanks for being here as well. Yep. All right, we'll again. catch you guys you in the next one. one.